welcome back to the gavel and the gavel it's me harry we weren't here last week but we are back and so is my great chum co-host fellow auctioneer he's back from his holidays it's simon where have you been Ah, oh, thanks harry it is lovely to be back but i have to say i haven't missed you I know you haven't. Thanks for that. I mean that with love, obviously. I mean that with love. Um, And I apologise to our dear listener um, who didn't get an episode last week because me and the fam, we went to Egypt or Tegypt, if you're from up north, to Tegypt. And it were lovely. It were lovely. Um, We met a camel called Dennis the Menace. I think that pretty much about covers the whole experience. Dennis, lovely camel, very nice. Uh, the boys loved him and the weather was nice and there were palm trees and we dived the Red Sea, well, snorkeled, didn't exactly dive it. And we had a super, super time. So sorry for no episode, but to use my eldest uh, expression, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. It well deserved. And I'm glad you had a lovely time. Uh, were you camel riding? I have a couple of supplementary questions as ever. Did you ride the camel in the desert? I did not ride uh, Dennis at all. No, um, <laughs> no. we did. We did pay the nice man to have uh, pictures taken with said camel, uh, which I think was basically because Susie was missing Pablo the dog, and she decided that she would supplement Pablo with a camel called Dennis the Menace. I think they're quite contrasting animals, but apparently she saw the similarity in Dennis the Menace with Pablo the dog. Pablo, by the way, not that impressed with the comparison. We've showed him pictures. Not happy. Okay, you have changed now that you're showing your dog pictures on the phone. Also, did you have any um, boating um, boating type extravaganzas while you were out there? I may have, and our... <laughs> Our guest that we're going to be talking to shortly talks about doing your due diligence and making sure that you, you know, study the terms and conditions. He'll get on to that. I didn't do that when I booked our boat trip from a very nice Egyptian man on the beach with a clipboard um, who then sent us on a near death experience on a speedboat (laughs) on the Red Sea through a shipping lane in order to find the best coral in the Red Sea. Um, We may have nearly died uh, i may have nearly died twice once on a speedboat and once at the sharp end of a telling off from my wife for apparently putting the entire family uh at death's door on more than one occasion the boat actually did break down on its way back from the coral reefs fortunately having just passed again through the shipping lane um yeah it was fun i enjoyed it kids didn't speak to me for a day so that was lovely so, yeah, it all went very well. And the coral was beautiful. Well done, the Red Sea. And how are you, my friend? It's, I've made it all about me. Sorry about that. It is all about you because we've missed you. We've missed you. Um, I'm well. I have oh, a quick man. anecdote that Emma uh, wanted to share with you whilst you were away. We've been busy putting catalogs together and as all the teams are because we've got auctions coming up, as we always do. We seem to say that on every pod. Got an auction coming up. Yeah. But this is our favourite uh, auction-related anecdote of the week. A gentleman came to uh, the door uh, with some items that he wanted to value. They were a pair of 80s skis and 80s ski boots. We diplomatically tried to explain to the gentleman repeatedly, or Emma did, four or five times, 
These were not items that we were going to be able to auction. We were very sorry. We don't have a market for them. Have you tried online? And he said, but I don't think you understand. I don't want any reserve on them. I just want them in the auction. And eventually we said, I'm really sorry, sir. We don't wish to be rude, but they're not for us. We're not going to put them in one of our sales. You know, we choose what we're going to do. And do you know what he said? I'm gone. I'm already flabbergasted by the story, but continue, please. I'm so cross. I will just take them back to the skip I have just fished them out of. And put them back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, did you not have any of our strong uh, men from the lorries to go, right, we're going to throw you in the skip with the skis? Oh, poor Emma. Oh, my days. Oh, where dear. do we, where and, do we um, find them? I think collectively, the whole room mm. just went, looked at him and went, I'm really glad that's not me talking to him. As she said, well, there you go, sir. Thanks so much. And handled it much better than you and I would. But uh, <laughs> what a high much. point. Oh, my <laughs> word. That's fantastic. Oh, well high done, Ems, for oh, bringing I loved that it. to our... But there now, you go. So tell the us life about... of auctions. Go on. T- uh, go on. Sorry. Tell us about today. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we are about to learn a great deal about a side, a a genre of auctions that I've got to be honest, I know very little about. Tell us, Harry. So today we are chatting to Ben Temple of a company called Rocket, who used to uh, run courses and is massively involved in the property auction business, uh, buying for clients at auction. So he's going to tell our listener highs and lows, pitfalls, that sort of stuff of buying property at auction. And I believe at the very end, there's an interesting fact that's going to be uncovered. Here we have the magnificent Ben Temple. I am delighted to welcome Ben Temple of Rocket. It's all about property auctions today. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Harry. Hi, Simon. Ben, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm delighted that you've uh, taken time out to join us on the pod. Thank you so much. We know you are a busy man. And I am particularly excited about meeting you and talking to you because you are going to tell us all about buying property at auction, something I know nothing about. Um, But tell us before we get started, Ben, a little bit about yourself and Rocket Property Management. Where did all this start, Ben? Uh, so where did this start? Uh, probably about 30 years ago, my father was an auctioneer and he started taking me along to property auctions where he was selling properties. And I decided it was quite, well, quite fun as much as anything else. So yeah, from there, he then started running courses. He retired and I took over running courses on how to buy property at auction. For the last 30 years, I've acted for investors buying property in London. And one of the methods that we use to buy properties in London is through auction. It's sort of one of the strategies, but we bought one last week and we bought sort of many over the years. And your your investors, um, or, or sorry, your courses, and how many of them are, what, what, what's the range of those? What are we looking at? So the, the courses, are at, we used to do them for uh, a company which uh, no longer exists, actually. They used to do lots of different property courses. Um, and one of them was auctions and we ran the property auction course. It was over three days and we ran it around a live auction. We ran it around Barnard Marcus's uh, live auction, a guy called Chris Glenn 
we used to get along to the course um, and we used to go along to the auction. Well, uh, two weeks before, we used to go and have a look at the properties. We used to do the analysis uh, and then they would come on the course, which was the three days. So it was two days before the auction and then the day of the auction. So you did all your research, you did all your legals, you did all your, um, well, all your due diligence. You looked at the property. Uh, we tried to help them, you know, got builders along and things like that to sort of tell them what it was going to cost to do up. Uh, we'd get a structural engineer along if there was a major structural problem and then sort of teach them all the things that they should be looking at when they were buying property at auction and all the problems they could encounter, like, well, buying the wrong property or buying a scout hut rather than a house or, um, yeah, all sorts of things that happened. Uh, and we did it for about, tw- I think it was probably about 12 years or so. And we did three courses a year. Um, and it was great fun. Absolutely knackering, but it was great fun. So, so hang on. So the people on the courses, could they? would they actually, at the end of the course, possibly be buying a property at that auction? We we actually try to encourage people not to because of our liability as much as anything else. Um, uh, we didn't want them suing us for for buying the property at the wrong price or something. Um, but we did actually have one of the course members. I, I forget it was about after about nine years, and she was so keen on this property. She'd done all the research. She'd done everything she should. So actually, we helped her to buy it at the auction, and she did buy it. So yes, it, it, it did happen, but it was not something we actively encouraged. I, I need, I'd need somebody to hold my hand at a property auction, I think, for the first time. And that's and I'm an auctioneer, for goodness sake. <laughs> well, it's quite a lot of money. You're spending a lot of money. That's the point. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we spent £520,000 last week. Uh, you know, over half a million quid is you know quite a lot of money, really, for most people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got to know what you're doing and why you're buying it and what you're going to do with it. And you've got to have a strategy for it when you go along to the auction. So let's just let's just delve into that for us, Ben, because I think I mean, as auctioneers, Harry and I, we meet a lot of, a, a lot of customers who they want to buy um, a, a wardrobe or a piece of artwork, or and it's it's quite a terrifying experience if they've not done it before. That's another level, isn't it? Buying a house, an absolute another level. So, what's the advantages of, of of buying at auction? Is it just price, or is it is is it other things beside price? I mean, I think there's several advantages with auctions. Um, yes, there is price, although. I mean, interestingly, auctions sometimes, you know, you can pay quite a lot of money. So you have to actually be quite careful um, and you can pay more at auction. I've seen situations where people will pay more at auction than um, the property was potentially available before that at private treaty, didn't sell, went to auction, got more money than they were uh, than they were anticipating. So but most of the time, yes, you can get a good deal. I mean, this one last week, we um, uh, did all the research. Um, went around with a builder, did all the checks that we had to do before we went to the auction. Um, yes, it's a terrifying experience. And even, you know, I've done this a lot of times and my heart rate was 121 on the day um, as I was bidding. <laughs> so, you know, it was up there. But, you know, we did the research. We we reckon we could go to 550,000 and we got it for 520. So the client was absolutely delighted and we've got him a really good deal. And actually relative to, you know, all the other comparables and things that we looked at, um, he, he's certainly done, uh, you know, he, he saved himself at least 30 grand, um, and potentially more. So yes, it's the price, but the other, the other point about auctions is that, um, and different to private treaty sales is that when you go, when you're buying a property through an estate agent, 
roughly 50% of sales with estate agents fall through. Um, and it's been like that forever. You know, about 50% of deals that get agreed go through, 50% don't. Well, when you go to an auction, if you bid on the day, exactly as you guys know with your with your auctions, when that gavel goes down, you've bought it. And actually, the auctioneer can sign the memorandum for you and force you to buy it. And I've seen that happen as well. Um, you know, if they suddenly change their mind and go, oh, actually, I didn't really want to buy it. Sorry, mate, you bought it. <laughs> sign the memo here or we'll <laughs> sign it for you. So they can actually force you to buy the property if you've bid and you're properly registered and you know, you've done all the checks, etc. And they know who you are. So you do have to be careful. But but on the other hand, actually, when you go to the auction and you bid and you win, you've exchanged. You've exchanged contracts. There's no mucking around now for the next six months whilst people go through even more questions and inquiries that are frankly irrelevant. I, I think actually it's a very good method of buying a property. And, you know, for us as an agent acting for an investor, we did go, We this was the second auction that we'd been to for this particular client and he'd lost out on two other properties, one private treaty sale, one auction property. And then this is, so this is the third try. Um, so he did have a bit of abortive costs before he got there. But, you know, his abortive costs were a few thousand pounds versus, you know, he effectively saved 30,000 pounds because he got it for 520 rather than 550. So, you know, I think it's great in terms of speed and, you know, you get it on the day. And was he with you at the auction? Because you said you were bidding. So I was interested. Do they come with you or do you do it all remotely for them? No, we did it all remotely. Um, so he um, he's based in between Monaco and uh, Warsaw. Um, so I actually can't remember. I think he was in Monaco when I was speaking to him. He was on the phone. So he told me I could go to 525 without even speaking to him. Uh, but he was actually in my ear as I was bidding. Um, and then he said, look, I might go up to 550. Uh, so anyway, I didn't need him. I got it for 520. Um, obviously one of the things you do have to do when you're bidding on someone's behalf is make sure the auctioneer realizes that I don't actually have the 10% deposit in my back pocket, but I did have the funds available from the client in our client account. So we had a letter from the client to the auctioneer saying that I was bidding on his behalf. And that meant then meant that the auctioneer didn't then say to me, right, you're liable for buying this. It was actually my client's company that bought it. And then we had the money in our client account. So we then transferred the 10% deposit, which you have to do on the day. And then the uh, property was exchanged. Now, this is something I'm interested in. And I'm sorry to jump in, Simon. But when you buy at a property auction and you're all sat in little lines or milling around in the room and the hammer goes down and it's yours and you owe the 10% deposit, can you just wander off, pay it, later how, what, what happens at that point because i'm under the impression you don't get very far if you try that no they won't let you leave the room <laughs> you have to you have to pay the you, you you i mean basically you when that gavel comes down you have a legal contract to buy that property and if they know who you are most auctioneers are pretty tough on it and i know chris glenn is i mean he used to tell us about stories when he came to the courses you know he he would be very clear that if you bid you are buying it and there's no messing around and not only are you buying it if you exchange contracts you pay your 10 percent you will then have to complete and then you have well and then you have to be very careful because what you have to do is to do your checks of the legal documents because normally when you buy a property through private treaty you can agree a completion date and that completion date could be 
well, normally perhaps 28 days, but you could agree longer. When you go to an auction, the standard terms and conditions are 28 days in the auctioneer's standard terms and conditions. But in the special conditions, you can find that it's sooner. So there was one property we were looking at for the same client the, the, on the previous auction. And actually, he um, on one property, he had eight weeks to complete. On one property, he only had 14 days. So, right. you know, you have to be very careful about that. And you have to read the special conditions, which are always on the auctioneer's website before you bid, because you've got to know how quickly you've got to come up with the money. These special conditions you talk about at auction for property auctions, they are seriously important, right? Yeah, they are very important. And um, you can generally download them from the auctioneer's website. Um, they are in the legal pack. Um, and one of the other really important things to look out for is not only the uh, completion date, because obviously that's how quickly you might have to find the money, but also is uh, fees, uh, because the auctioneer will put in there what fees you have to pay. Um, now, sometimes it's just a nominal amount of, you know, a few hundred pounds, but frequently they will try and get you as the buyer to pay for the searches, which might be a few hundred pounds. They'll probably get you to pay for a con they might get you to pay for a contribution towards their legal costs, which might be a few hundred pounds. But they might also ask you to pay for um, uh, the seller's agent's fee, which can be as high as two to three percent of the purchase price of the property. You imagine if you've missed that and you're paying half a million quid for a property, um, suddenly you've got an extra bill of 15, 20 grand um, on top of uh, what you were expecting to have to pay. Um, and I've, I've seen people in the auction room go round the back going, hang on a minute, why have I got to pay another 3% to you guys? <laughs> oh, um, wow. I saw a woman once, actually, and I was sitting next to her in the auction room and um, she seemed to be, she was bidding and she was really, really bidding quickly and she was bidding quickly. Auctioneer's dream, love her. <laughs> yeah, and we were, and I was sitting there and I didn't even know what this property was. I was looking at, oh, right, okay, so it's a property in London. Okay, that's quite interesting. Oh, I know those ones, right, okay. 320, 330. Anyway, it kept going up and up and up. And she got she got um, she got auction fever. Um, and the guy went down, sold to you, the lady over there, you know, sitting next to the guy, the handsome guy in the uh, in the green shirt. Um, and uh, and she said and she put her head in her hands and went, oh, my God, what have I just done? And she paid three hundred and eighty thousand for this property. Her husband had asked her to come along and we uh she was she was in a bit of a mess actually so i was sort of chatting to her i said look you know don't worry i'm sure you can make something of it look it's a great location it's a good property etc and uh, and then i was sort of looking through and there was the special conditions and everything there because we actually had um we had downloaded i think it was because of part of our course or something um anyway and there in it it said three percent of the property cost as well on top of the 380 grand <laughs> she said what am i going to say to my husband i said i'm sorry i can't help you with that <laughs> so she went she went 50 grand over what he told her and oh, no. she hadn't realized there was a fee to pay so read the special conditions is the top <laughs> tip really really important I mean, that is the top tip. Yeah, I've written that down four times now. And so what are the other things you'd advise people? So, so tell me, are most of the people that buy at property auctions, 
are they investors or or is it something that somebody might do to purchase a family home you know that okay it's never one time but a one time purchase to or, or is that not what people do who who are the, who are our general clients here um it's a real mix these days um i mean back in the day 20 30 years ago it would probably be um uh <coughs> <coughs> um it would probably be um some proper serious investors um and then you'd have groups of investors you'd had all sorts of i mean you guys probably know about there were sort of cartels and all sorts of stuff going on um but it was proper you know and it was tended to be properties that you really couldn't sell in the open market um so it was stuff that was had real problems and you know either legal issues or structural issues or things like that these days um it is much more mainstream um any property can be put at auction um it's receiverships it's uh, probates it's all of that normal stuff but it's also you know i want to sell my property and i want to sell it quickly um you know i i need to get some cash quickly um and yeah, i don't know it might be a little bit run down at the moment um in the marketplace um uh it's much more difficult to sell a property that needs lots of work doing to it and part of that is that people are scared of builders costs because obviously we've had rampant price inflation and that is absolutely covers the building trade you know whereas you used to do a refurb for i don't know 30 40 grand it's probably now 50 60 grand um so you know there's been rampant price inflation and people are a bit scared of that so people have sort of shied away from uh having to spend work but if you do if you are prepared to sort of do work and spend money then of course you know if you're prepared to go to an auction um then you know you can get a good deal potentially um and yes the the, the biggest issue for us as a uh, buyer of properties for investors is coming up against an end user because of course we're trying to buy something and make the numbers work but we have no emotion you know we set our numbers we say we'll go to 550 that's it and we will pu we'll pull out and we do you know, you get to that number and that's the end of it. Now, if you come up against an end user, an owner occupier who's fallen in love with it and says, oh, I, I'll pay 540 for it. And then they go, actually, we're here. We spent all this money on it. Oh, come on, you know, husband, spend another 10 grand. You need to, you know, put your hand up. And they do. And they keep putting their hand up. Um, and so, you know, that that is a problem as an investor. If you're coming up against an end user, they tend to beat you uh, fairly frequently. Um, and there are more of them that that uh, that are in the auction room these days. Is there is there been a a particular you mentioned sort of run down properties, for example, is it is it just the problem properties that come to auction or is it a whole a whole mix of of, of properties that you find coming to auction? Uh, definitely a whole mix. Um, it's not just properties with problems. Um, you can have some quite, you know, good um new build properties you can have um you can have some really quite good stuff so for example you know you might have uh there's a couple of property companies that i know that barnard marcus um auctions know very well um and they use barnard marcus auctions because they will buy um property portfolios they'll keep the ones that they want and the ones that they think are a bit more family houses they'll bung in an auction and they will literally just bung it in an auction with a pretty low reserve because they'll make their money from the ones they want to hang on to. And then the others are almost sort of 
any anything they get out of it is a is a bunce is a profit. Um, so actually, one tip is get to know the auctioneer because if you actually pick up the phone and speak to the auctioneer, they may well tell you. Um, in fact, there is research you can do to find out who the sellers are, but they may well just give you a you know give you the nod to say, oh look, this is X company trying to get rid of these ones. We know that they're going to sell, i.e., they're going to have a very low reserve. Um, so if you're interested, come along and see if you can buy it. Um, and they might be perfectly normal properties, might need a lick of paint, but actually you could get in, buy them, um, let them sell them on, do whatever you want to do with it, whatever your strategy is. So yeah, the, there is there is literally a, a massive mix these days from modern new builds through to, you know, Victorian flats. So, so a tip, one of the top tips to our, um, as we say about, you know, buying and selling it at our auctions is chat, chat to the auctioneer. Don't be standoffish. The people are very welcoming. Um, and it's obviously the same in the property, in property auctions. Talk to the auctioneer. And as an end user, you might find yourself on the right end of the right bit of information. So, you know, it's going to work, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, one of the things was the big things on the course was get out there, talk to the auctioneer. I mean, because the other thing is that before the auction, if you found your property you love, well, why can't you make an, uh, some people ask, can you make an offer pre-auction? Of course you can make an offer pre-auction. The auctioneer might not accept it or the seller might not accept it. But if the seller says, I need to get a certain price and you are prepared to exchange under auction conditions before the day of the auction, you may find that in some circumstances, well, actually not, you may find in circumstances, you do find that the auctioneer will sell. So yes, you can buy pre-auction. And then actually the other interesting one is post-auction, because if it doesn't sell in the room, so many times the auctioneer will say, uh, thanks for bidding guys. Uh, my guys will come and talk to you. And then, I mean, Chris used to tell me that I can't remember what they, they push their percentages up massively. You know, they might sell 50, 55% in the room and then 10 to 15% post-auction um, because they didn't quite get to the number and then they'd be doing deals after um, in the in the back office with all the two or three people who'd been bidding against each other um, and one of them would, would get to buy it. And then the other thing with um, most auctioneers is that they will put up on their website the properties that haven't sold and they'll probably put a price um, that you could buy it at. So there's a buy at price. So you can actually look at the auction lots post-auction and go, oh, okay, fine. So I could now buy that for 510000 I thought I'd go to, you know, 500000 but five hundred and ten I can get it for. Well, I might pay that extra ten grand because I know for certain that I can actually go in, talk to the auctioneer, sit in his office, sign the auction conditions and buy it now. Interesting. That is amazing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? question for you ben and as i say I, I know nothing about this industry at all one of the issues obviously in the property market at the moment is actually for younger people who can't get onto the property market obviously they need a mortgage is this too risky a route for for those individuals to look at clearly there's you know there, there there's a lot more to understand as you're imparting to us today but i mean and, and obviously if it's very much fortune favors the brave or you need someone like a ben on your side but you know is this is this something that could benefit you know um younger people who are finding it difficult to get onto the housing ladder or is this too complicated and too risky would you say too complicated too risky definitely not if you do your research it is no more risky 
than buying a property uh, in the open market. You just have to make sure you do it quicker and you have less time to do it. So, but you can you can minimize your risks by buying the right property and doing your research. So I, I don't see why young people can't do it. The biggest issue, I think, is mortgage finance. Um, and um, because generally the, the properties will start to be marketed two to three weeks before the date of the auction. Um, now, if you're in touch with the auctioneer, you may get a little bit longer. Um, so obviously, I know Chris Glenn at Barnum Marcus Auctions pretty well. Um, and I was able to add a few days to that. So I think we had nearly three weeks before we bought this most recent property to do our research. But if you think about it, three weeks to get a mortgage organized is a pretty short period of time, certainly for standard finance, uh, which is why there's this industry that's sort of ballooned in recent years, uh, which provides bridging or auction finance. And the problem with bridging and auction finance is that it's expensive. You know, it's like... 0.8, per month. So, you know, 12, 14% a year of the finance, the, the interest rate that you would have to pay rather than, I don't know, what with a base rate of five and a quarter and a, as, a, as an owner occupier. At the moment, if you've got a fixed rate, you know, you can probably get in the fours, four and a half, maybe 4.9 or something. So, you know, the interest rate that um, you would have to pay on an auction purchased property, property uh, is higher. Uh, having said that, I mean, one of the things obviously that you can do is, and this is where you probably are increasing the risk, is that if you're going to buy a property and it needs work doing to it, you can buy it with bridging finance and then you can refinance it once you've done the work and made it look really nice um, and put it on a standard owner-occupier mortgage. So in answer to your question, that there are ways that you can do it as a as an owner occupier, as a first time buyer, but it's perhaps a little bit more complicated, and you've got to be a bit braver than the average person to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not insurmountable at all, um, and certainly I would say people should try it or come and talk to people like me. You know, there actually are quite a, or talk to the auctioneers. Frankly, you know, the auctioneers are actually very friendly people. Um, and there are some big auction houses out there, but they are actually, yeah, they are very friendly people. Have you seen some, you know, in, in, in our world, in Harry's and my world, you know, we've seen, you know, items sell at half their, what we expected them to sell. But our instruction, maybe from a solicitor or or whatever, or from an estate is to get it sold. And on the day that item makes half what we thought it would but actually our instruction is to put the gavel down get it sold and move it through do do you see that you know do you see some significant sales go through where you think wow whoever snaffled that really got a cracking deal because they bought at auction yes yes i mean there's no doubt about it you you sometimes you look at stuff and go oh my god that was really cheap you also look at stuff and go wow there's some really stiff competition for that one. Why would they pay that much? In fact, one of the properties we analysed for the previous auction, I mentioned about the client who lost out. Um, so we did the analysis on this property um, in SW11, and we were prepared to go to 675000 And we actually decided not to go to the auction and not to bid, but for various legal issues, actually. There was a flood risk, and the client didn't like it, and there was an insurance policy issue. Um, so we found all that out before the auction. So we decided not to go and bid. 
But we said 675 and in the room it went for 775. Now, for me, that was a big price. And it was probably an end user owner occupier who was buying it and they were going to do some work and make it their family home because I really couldn't see how anyone could pay that sort of money and make, you know, make a return on it as a developer or an investor or, you know, all the like. I mean, I'm not speaking for you, Simon, but I think we'd both be in trouble if we saw one that was going really cheap, even though we'd done no research, had no idea anything about it. We'd both be sticking our paws in the air going, we want that. Yeah, I'll that's me. Over that's here. Me. Yeah, yeah, over here. And, and end up owning absolute carnage. So yeah. let, let me give you let me give you a story that Chris used to tell us. I wasn't actually here for this one, but this is a brilliant story. So there was a little couple who decided they wanted to buy themselves a bungalow. And they went to Chris's auction um, and they sat in the auction room and they came up against a very determined bidder. So they bid away, they bid away, they bid away. But they actually did the right thing and they said, oh, actually, we can't afford this. It's gone way out of our, our league. We just can't buy it. Anyway, then I think two lots later, they were sitting there a bit disgruntled because they'd made the trip and they'd, you know, they bought their sandwiches and they were <laughs> finished a bit early and um anyway so uh up on the rostrum comes a scout's hut um and they thought oh well that's oh that's not too far from where we live oh gosh blimey that's cheap i think it was like twelve thousand pounds or something and they go oh as we've made all this effort let's let's buy the scout's hut anyway so they buy the scout's hut um they sit there they bid they buy it and then what they didn't do they didn't look at the special conditions they didn't look at any legal paperwork that scout's hut, which they thought they'd paid, uh, as I think it was, twelve or £14,000, in the end cost them £100,000 because of the fees. There were various um, service charges that built up over the years that nobody had paid. Uh, there were various restrictive covenants, which meant that they had to make some payments. There was all sorts of stuff flying around. And it was one of the most expensive uh, situations that Chris had ever seen. So, Harry and Simon, when you go to an auction, do not sit there and bid on things where you haven't done your research. There's my top tip for the day. <laughs> Simon and I, definitely the proud owners of a scout hut somewhere. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Ben, I won't, I won't bore you with my story about uh, my wife and I having a couple of Chinzanos on a Saturday night uh, bidding in an online auction and me having to drive to deepest, darkest South Wales to pick up a speedboat four days later. That was one of those. <laughs> that was one of those. Um, a speedboat. Have you ever used the speedboat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We did use the speedboat. I put my family at excessive peril because I bought a lake boat, which I put on Lime Regis sea front and it didn't handle the conditions well. And I didn't I didn't handle my marriage very well after that either. So um, I, we did own said speedboat for a few years and then sold it when everybody told us you're an idiot. Why are you putting that lake boat on the sea? Uh, so yeah, I think I think regular listeners will remember that uh, Simon is currently under a boat ban from his wife, having <laughs> gone ban. through yeah. having gone through four or five various permutations. And I think Ben's absolutely right. Uh, a property auction would we you and I would be a liability. Harry. Oh, absolute mate. absolute liability, absolute car crash. I mean, it'd be worth it would be worth going to one recording a pod because we'd probably come back with something we don't need. <laughs> but we we would both need to be a bit. 
a bit like a bad passenger on an airline. We'd have to be taped to our seats and managed at all times without a shadow of a doubt. So in the top list of things, <laughs> look, like we're now gearing up to go to an auction, Harry. I'm getting quite excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm feeling even more broke than normal, but Gary, I'm- Ben, can you give us your top, you've, you've alluded to many, but what would be your top five how, sorry, I'm not putting numbers in your mouth. Whatever they are, what are your top tips for buying at auction? Okay, so I, I think top tip has to be number one is do your research and check your numbers because that's obviously you're going to pay for you're going to pay money for whatever it is that you're going to buy. So make sure you pay the right price. Um, and and you know when you come to your number, um, come up with an unusual number as well. Don't don't just say five fifty. Go five fifty one or. 551 and a half or you know something like that so that you know you give yourself a little bit of scope to put annoy the auctioneer and go can i have one and a half grand please rather than five (laughs) (laughs) um so top tip number one um top tip number two read the legals check the special conditions check how long you've got to pay your completion monies um check what fees you've got to pay um really important (laughs) top tip number three go and look at it Go and visit the property. Don't just buy it because you're sitting there in the auction room. Um, you can visit. You can actually make appointments with the auctioneer to visit. <coughs> or you can go along to the sort of scheduled viewing times. Um, those are sometimes quite interesting because they tend to have a little sign-in list. And so you can see how many people have been around before you, particularly if you go later in the viewing schedule so you can actually see oh there's only been three people around here or oh my god there's about 100 people that's visited that's a good tip that mm, that is brilliant you know I, th- I think those are probably the top three go and visit uh, well i mean i guess the other thing is things like get your builders quotes organized don't guess you know if you need to get your structural engineer around uh, i'm a st- i'm a chartered surveyor so i should be telling you to get a survey done but frankly, a structural engineer, if there's a structural problem, is a much better bet. <laughs> <laughs> All charter surveyors are now going to hate me. I was about, um, I was about to say, but, we won't put this on the RICS uh, website then. <laughs> but well, yeah, but if you've got a structural issue, the surveyor will go around and go, you've got a structural issue. Get yourself a structural engineer to come and have a look. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, uh, and and um, yeah, and well, and enjoy it. Frankly, you know, if you if you're going to do it, you might as well enjoy what you're doing. Oh, I suppose the only other thing is there are many ways you can bid now. So you can bid online. You can ask the auctioneer to do it via a proxy vote. Um, you can do it on the telephone. If you can get there, it's so much better if you're actually there in the room. You can see what's going on. You can see the telephone bids. You can see the online bids, um, but you can actually see other people in the room. You can see who's there. Um, I could see when we bid last week, there was only on one online bidder. There was nobody else in the room, and I could just see the online bidder. And I could see him hesitating when he was, you know, we were going up in five grand a time or ten grand a time or whatever. And I could see him hesitating. So you could see what was going on with the bidding. So if you can. And if you can get there, recommend you actually go. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend that much money, which is generally quite a lot of money, um, then go. I have a, I have a supplementary question. If you're bidding online, how do they get the? Do you have to put the deposit? Do you have to put the exchange money on deposit then? Because they can't come and sit next to you in the room and say you can't leave if you're sat in your kitchen. 
Yeah, if you want to bid online, then you have to put the money into the auctioneer's client account before the day of the auction. We actually had to pay, we paid £6,500 into their client account. So they wanted their fee paid and they wanted some additional commitment, even though I was going to be in the room. If I hadn't have been in the room, then we would have had to have paid them the 10% of whatever we thought we were going to get to. So yes, you do. You have to pay the money before. That that's that is the top tips. Yeah. So being in the room is better organization, really, isn't it? Well, and the other thing is, is that with uh, and you guys must know all about this with money laundering, you do have to do quite a lot of uh, checks. Yes. Hang on. So... Hang on. You may want to rephrase. You may want to phrase that we know about money laundering. <laughs> there, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, of course, I'm not suggesting that you're laundering money, Harry. Um, but, you, but you know about checking out your clients for money laundering. Yes, yes, yes. Is that a better way to put it? No, no, we're not cutting any of that out. We're keeping all of that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, money, yeah. so money laundering, Ben, sorry, I interrupted you. Tell, tell us about that. You have to provide your ID. We I had to get client's ID. Um, we had to get it. Uh, certified and actually in the end I think we managed to do quite a lot of it through an app called Credis and they made me do things like take pictures of myself and I had to put my finger on my chin to confirm that it was me or something and I thought they were just taking the piss out of me but actually (laughs) apparently that's part of the Credis app check anyway yeah you do have to do quite a lot of anti-money laundering checks so make sure you do that before you go to the auction because it's a you know, it's much better to get it done in advance. Um, and you need your utility bills and your passports and um, milk bills and God knows what else. Okay. So, well, yeah, so there's a lot of forward planning. So you do need to get your checklist before you go, don't you, by the sounds of things? Yeah. And they're actually the auctioneer, they're quite helpful. They give you a list. Um, they give you a list of things that you've got to do, generally in the catalogue or online if you if you go through their website or look at the auction lot, talk to the auctioneer. They'll they all of them will tell you what you've got to do before you come. That is the way forward, Ben. I think we're nearly we're near at nearly at the end. Are we, Simon? I have one very last question uh, for Ben. <laughs> Just one last question, Ben. You look in incredibly good shape, might I say? <laughs> Thank you. I'm coughing a bit, but yeah. Thank I know, you, Simon. I know, and I'm considering. I'm, I'm assuming that that's you know a little bit of advice. Uh, so, if you could give us your top one tip for staying in shape, what would that be? Ben? Staying in shape. Well, I tell you what. There's a there's a, there's a very good gym um, up there? the road from us uh, with our at our rugby club. Your rugby club. At our Ooh. rugby club, yeah, called the Rams. This is this is and, going uh, well for me. And I, and I drag Harry along every Wednesday. Um, really? And the, and the idea is apparently we're trying to keep him alive. Um, <laughs> we've, we've managed to get him off his stick. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 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 proud of that. And uh, and and Daryl, our our personal trainer, um, is um, long suffering and uh, and and excellent and copes with us every Wednesday. And, so and uh, he, it's I it's mean, good fun as well. Ben, you look in amazing shape, and and so <laughs> so does Harry, doesn't how's he? Harry, so how's Harry doing at, at the gym for our listeners who are obviously who oh, love him dear, and adore dear, him, dear. and you're you are doing a service to the podcast community by keeping him alive. So we thank you for that. And and how's he getting on? Just out of interest. 
I mean, frankly, I think he's doing brilliantly. Um, we go along, we have a we have a laugh every week. We we have a bit of a chin wag, um, and we we sort of what do they call it? Pump iron. Yeah. Pump, right, iron. pump iron yes we lift some big heavy oh, weights fantastic that that's going to be clipped up i can hear it now there's, that's going to be simon's ringtone there's going to be pumping iron all over this podcast <laughs> that is amazing so ladies and gentlemen listening to the podcast that's our bombshell on which we're going to end uh, it turns out that the magnificent ben temple is indeed harry's training partner they <laughs> pump iron together magnificent absolutely fantastic ben really fabulous talking to you being serious for a minute i've learned a whole so much about the property auctions really enjoyed that thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the pod lovely to have met you uh, ben thanks for that mate i mean we didn't disclose that we knew each other at the beginning of the pod but i mean it was going to come out eventually <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Um, well, there you go. That was, mate. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, you pleasure. Um, yeah, great. Um, yes. Yeah, so we didn't mention. Well, I don't think we mentioned uh, that Ben and I knew each other as well as we did. Uh, we are rugby supporting mates. We go to the rugby every weekend, uh, supporting our local team, the Rams, and. Um, yeah, he is my training partner and has been influential. I know that to many it does not appear that my large frame has changed dramatically, but I no longer walk with a walking stick and he is the man who cajoles me every Wednesday to go and, as he's now put it, worryingly, pump iron. <laughs> <laughs> you little iron pumper, you, Harry. You, you pumper of the iron. Well done. Oh, Do you know what? Because I love you dearly, Harry, I also love Ben now as well. Not just for his fantastic podcast that he's just given us, not just for all the interesting and fascinating information he's just provided and highly entertaining too, but for keeping you on the straight and narrow and getting you training because it has done you the world of good. So well done, Ben. And well done, we also should say, Daryl, because he is the personal trainer, right? And I think he had something to do Daryl is actually the man who keeps me alive. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Well done. I'm I'm forever grateful to Daryl. Yeah. Uh, But I think think if Ben didn't get you there, Daryl wouldn't have quite so much to do, would he? So well done, the pair of them. I'd duck out with a thousand excuses. Uh, but how interesting <laughs> was that? Um, you know, I have Brilliant. a vague property background, but I didn't know any of that information that he was talking about and the highs and the pitfalls and the positive side. I thought what I took from that was interesting is that youngsters, and you can be brave at a certain age, and you've saved up all that money to put your deposit down and all the rest of it. If you can get a bit of advice from the likes of a Ben or property auctioneers, etc., there may well be a better opportunity of, in these peculiar times, financially and everything, of getting yourself on the property market. So that's one of the big takeaways for me on that. You know, yes, it was interesting about um, read the read the special conditions. I read the look on our faces when he's talked about that. We're just like, we're not doing Uh-oh. this. <laughs> no. I agree with you, Harry, entirely, which is, you know, there are, we're also easily pushed down the same route. You go and get a more, you buy a house and all the rest of it. But the, the things that, uh, that uh, rang true with me were, you know, when that hammer goes down, you've bought a house. 
rather than you make an offer and we see it all the time don't we where yeah. you know i'd like uh, i'd like to move six months later that after we provided the quote for them to move from a to b b is decided huh can't be bothered I'm going to stay where I am now and you've wasted six months of your life and there is you know the point is here you put the work in up front you go after the property that hammer goes down it's yours within a month and the deal is done now that has some certainty that I fully appreciate now also for the younger buyers or people trying to get onto the ladder who are not looking for their dream home there are opportunities out there with a bit of gumption, a bit of bravery. Okay, yes, a bit of money and, you know, the finances need to be sought out. But if you can flip your first couple of homes by buying at auction to get that much closer to your dream home that much quicker, isn't that an option worth looking at? So in every area, and we want to promote the business in every area, wherever you're listening to, if you're in the situation of wanting to buy or sell a home, maybe look up online. Where are your local property auctions? Go along and speak to them. Look at some of the online um, opportunities that may avail themselves to you. There could just be a different path than some big write something.co.uk, which everybody else does and follows the same route. Trying to avoid a lawsuit, obviously, <laughs> as always, despite having coming back from Egypt, nearly gotten into several. Um, but yeah, thank you, Ben. I thought he was absolutely magnificent and and really, really informative, knowledgeable, uh, exciting stuff. It was a good one, wasn't it? Right, mate. We're seeing each other for three days this week, so we don't want to overstay our welcome with one another. <laughs> We've got looking auctions. forward to We've it. We've got auctions coming up. Uh, I'll see you soon, pal. Loved it. Take care, mate. Great to see you. Cheers, buddy.